0: Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Seavers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the King's letters from Columbia, South Carolina, as he is learning more about riding in the heavy bombers during his training. Stanley writes to his family on Friday, March 10, 1944. "'Dearest ones, it was swell hearing from you today. I'll apologize now for not writing. Being idle for so long has made me even too lazy to write. However, from the contents of your letter, I can see Mother has written you of my doings. I'm so sorry Richie has another cold.' The poor kid has surely had a tough winter. It must be miserable there, as it has turned cold here. But spring isn't too far off. I'm sure with the warmer weather he will be okay again. His tonsils must be in terrible condition. Too bad I'm not there to nurse him. Be sure to tell him I think of him constantly and send him a million kisses. My vacation has come to an abrupt end. Tuesday, I received my orders to remain at this installation for further training. I'm sort of glad I'm staying here, as it is such a pain to move all my junk. Except for the living conditions, it isn't such a bad place, although I've seen better. I'm assigned to the 377th Squadron of the 309th Bomb Group. Sunday, I start ground school. After a week of brushing up on navigation, I will start to fly. I'm on the last lap now. This is a 12 week course, and I should be over Berlin about the middle of June. I'll give Adolf your regards. I'm practically living alone here on the base. There are rooms for 24 men in my barracks, but there are only five of us living here. The rest are married men who live in town. They are required to have quarters now, though they don't use them. How to live alone and like it, that's me. I am terribly anxious to know where and what Carl is doing. I was disappointed because you didn't mention him. I suppose I can't complain as I can imagine what the poor fellow is going through. Be sure to let me know in your next letter. You seem to possess the same opinion as a lot of others in the course of marriage during these times. I guess it's because I'm in uniform that I can't agree with you. Somehow the future isn't important at all. It's so unpredictable and intangible that only the present day has any value. The other day, someone mentioned the fact that now one must give the government an estimate on his income for the coming year. Well, all of us got a good laugh out of it. No one knows how long he will be having an income. That's just one way of looking at it. As for me, right now and in the next three months, I want to experience and have all the things I never had before. I want to spend an entire lifetime during this short span of life. I'm not trying to make it sound dramatic. I'm sure if you would ask these newlyweds why they married during these times... You would receive the same answer as I have given you. It's only a natural course of events. Thanks for reminding me of Mother's birthday. It will be a job trying to find something. I wish you had given me some ideas. Please write soon and watch the change of address. Keep well. My love to Richie, Cece, Bailey's, and all. Lots of love. Stand. Stanley is in full car search mode as he writes a second letter to his family on March 10th. Dearest ones, just got back from services at the chapel. The rabbi from town comes out to perform, but I can't say much for him. However, I guess it isn't his fault. There were only a handful of people there. Much too small a congregation for a post of this size. The Jewish people don't seem to have any religion these days. It's really shameful. I hit the jackpot today in mail. That is, except for a letter from you. Ida wrote a very sweet letter, though, so that makes up for yours. Please tell her how much I appreciated hearing from her. I'll answer real soon. Besides that letter, I received three packages, my razor, your box of cake, and a box of candy from Edith and Abe. That was as sweet a gesture as I know of. If I had their address, I would drop them a line to thank them. But since I haven't, you'll have to do it for me. It was indeed very sweet and thoughtful of her. That's the kind of gift a fellow in the service really appreciates. It gives you a good feeling when you know someone other than your loved ones is also thinking of you. The cake is absolutely delicious. Tell Ida I take it all back about her cooking. By all means, you'll have to continue to surprise me in this fashion. I shaved with my razor tonight, and what a pleasure. It works perfect. No more trouble with hot water. Tell Uncle Dave of this. I'll write him also. I'm anxious to know if there is any news of a car. I was in hopes of hearing from you today, for I know there'll be no letters while you're in Dolphin. Mother. It seems you would... Break down and write once in a while, Dad. I'll try again tomorrow. If there still isn't any mail, I suppose I'll have to wait until I talk to you Monday night. Gee, I surely hope you have good news for me. Today was the same as yesterday in school. Navigation problems. The only good part about working them is that it makes the time go fast. I'll be glad when I start to fly, even though I'm not a navigator. Calisthenics this afternoon wore me down to a frazzle. We had a short run. Any other time, I wouldn't have minded it, but not having any exercise for so long got the best of me. It would be okay once I get into shape again. Must close now as I want to make the late show. Write soon and keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. Our hero, the king, continues his car focus. And, of course, he's a man of details. His life has focus. And he's a little bit bored, as he writes on Saturday, March 11, 1944. Dearest ones, It was grand hearing from you today, although I am somewhat disappointed in the news about a car. I had such great hopes in you finding one. I knew it would be a difficult job. I'll continue to be on the lookout here, but I haven't any idea when I'll have the time to get around. By the time I get to town at night, all the dealers are closed. It would be a lucky break if, as you say, I find someone who is moving out and willing to sell. The only drawback there, though, is a car like that is strictly cash on the line. My payments would have to be in installments. Nonetheless, I hope you will keep trying. Something might turn up. I'm surprised Uncle Frank hasn't a good prospect. Sounds like you had a lovely birthday. You surely received some swell gifts. I'm Glad you like the flowers, but I'm sorry I wasn't able to send more. If I had known you would be home Wednesday night, I would have called. I thought surely Dad would take you out. I hope I can get through Monday night. In the event that I don't, you will know I tried anyhow. School was the same today, nothing more than a review of navigation with a few new points thrown in. I expect to fly sometime next week, but as yet I don't know the schedule. I need 10 hours flying time in order to receive all my back pay by the end of this month. I should get it all in without any trouble. And calisthenics was called off again today due to the weather. It's raining for a change and turning colder. I'm certainly getting sick of all this nasty weather there is no further news. I'm fine and hope you're the same. Please don't forget to call Edith to thank her for the candy. Write soon and keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. The Silver King is more than a month into his work at Columbia Army Air Base, and he writes to his family on Wednesday, March 15, 1944. Dearest Ones, It was grand talking to you last night. Your voices sound really swell. As I told you, I tried calling the night before, but had to give up. I waited until 10.30 with no luck. Last night, it only took about an hour, luckily. Needless to tell you, I was disappointed about the car. Of course, I realize how difficult it is these days. Please don't think for a minute I don't appreciate all your attempts. I only hope you won't give up as something might turn up, and I am most anxious to have one. I was scheduled to fly again this morning, but once again I was canceled due to the shortage of pilots. As I wrote you, I won't fly with my own crew the first six weeks. Consequently, it's hit or miss when I go to the flight line. I'm not complaining as I'm not so anxious to navigate. Tonight I'm scheduled for the navigation trainer, as yet I haven't even seen one. It's supposed to simulate the actual flight of a plane, and I'm to be the navigator. Sometimes I wish I had gone to heavy bombardment to be just a bombardier, even though the medium bombers are safer. I'm supposed to have another typhus shot today. Thank God this will be the last one for a while. However, it will get me out of calisthenics, and that at least is something. The weather has begun to get pretty again. It changes so much, though, you never know how long it will last. I received your letter written from Dothan. Aunt Lena must have been thrilled having you there. I'm anxious to know about the party. Now you'll have to come see me. I'm off every Sunday, but sometimes I fly Saturday night. That is, my schedule calls for flying, so I have to be there. I'll let you know when the best time will be for you to come. I do wish you would drive up, as having the car would be a great advantage. I could show you around much easier, and I'm sure you would like to see the Officers Club. There is no further news. I'm looking forward to the box you're sending. The last one was delicious. I hope you received my letter, which I wrote to Dolphin. Keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. The Silver King is getting in a lot of flying time, as he writes to his family on Thursday, March 16, 1944. Dearest ones, I made an easy $75 today. Not a bad day's work for flying only a few hours. I was finally able to get a ride on a bombing mission to Myrtle Beach, and now I only need six more hours to complete all my time for back pay, I shouldn't have any trouble, as two missions will do it easily. I'm scheduled again tomorrow morning. It was terribly rough this afternoon, and I was very much disappointed in the way the ship handled. In fact, I don't like the ship at all. There is so much crap in it that there's hardly any room left at all. I was practically standing on the pilot's shoulders, The navigator sat in the co-pilot seat, and that's why it was so crowded. I only rode as a passenger, so there was no seat for me. Now I am sorry I didn't get a bigger ship. Our engineer and radio man got sick, and I guess if I hadn't fallen asleep, I would have also. It's getting to the point where I can sleep any place at any time. From your letter, you really had a grand time in Dothan. I'm sorry I didn't know it was their anniversary, or I would have dropped them a card or something. I just received your letter written while I was in the depot. It must have been a swell party. What's the matter with Theo? Is she pregnant? And how did Jane look when you saw her? Has she changed any? It would be swell if you do come up and Aunt Sylvia is here at the same time. I'm really anxious to see her, as it's been a long time. It's a terrible shame that Mike must go. About coming the 25th, though, I wish you wouldn't plan definitely on it, because I don't know the schedule for that week, and I might have to fly Saturday night. So wait until I let you know definitely, before you make plans. I received a letter from Joe Lipsy congratulating me and was indeed surprised. He said you had written him my address. I think it was very sweet of him to write. It's indeed more than some people have done. There is no further news. I'm hoping there will be some news about a car tomorrow from you. Keep well and love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. Stanley is in full writing mode as he pens a letter to his family on Friday, March 17, 1944. "'Dearest ones, as always, it was grand hearing from you and to know you're well. If I haven't done so before, I want you to know that your letters are wonderful. You, too, have been swell about writing, and I do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart.' If I don't hear from you every day, I feel terribly disappointed. That, perhaps, is the main reason I try to write every day, for I know it is easier to write when you have a letter to answer. Today was very dull indeed. It rained again this morning, so instead of flying, I put time in the navigation trainer. I'm getting so fed up with navigation that the more I do it, the more I dislike it. I'm thinking seriously of applying for a transfer to heavy bombardment. That would do away with all my navigation worries, and I would just be a bombardier. The rest of the fellows in my class that went to Tampa are being put on crews on flying fortresses. I surely wish now I had gone with them. This afternoon, I had a final exam in navigation in ground school. If I was still a cadet, I would be worried about it. As it is, though, I don't care about whether I passed it or not. Boiled down, navigation is nothing but one big headache, and my head isn't big enough to take care of it. Gee, I'll be glad when this war is over." Seems as if I've spent all my life in the army. I haven't any news about a car, either. It's sweet of you to offer to loan me the money. However, there are no prospects for it. I still have hopes of you finding one there, but it seems the same situation exists there as it does here. Must close now and get to sleep. I'll write again tomorrow and hope you will do the same. Keep well and love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley is in journalism mode. He's writing almost every day, and this one is on Saturday, March 18, 1944. Dearest Ones, Another week gone. Time surely does fly. I had a very easy day today. There wasn't much doing in ground school this morning, and I didn't fly this afternoon. So, I saw the movie matinee on the base. I'm afraid you had better not plan on coming up next Saturday until you hear from me. I've seen the schedule, and I might have to fly Saturday night. You see, the schedule is so arranged that I fly a half of a day and go to school the other half. However, when I fly in the morning, I am also available for night flying. This Alternates from day to day. For example, I'm scheduled to fly Saturday morning, and if I'm needed, I will also fly that night. This also alternates week to week. I'm off tonight, but not next week. Therefore, I can't tell you if I will be free. Perhaps you had better wait until the following week. That way I will know for sure. Besides, I received a card from Aunt Sylvia today saying that Mike doesn't leave until the first week in May. She could make it then just as well. So plan on being here April 1st. It will work out much better. At last there is a slight chance of my getting a car. There is an enlisted man on the base that wants to sell. One of the fellows told me about it. He has a 1936 Ford Phaeton with radio and heater that he will sell for $350. It sounds kind of cheap, but it may be okay to fill my wants. I haven't seen it, but hope to get in touch with him tomorrow to look it over. Of course, I haven't got that much money, so I may have to take you up on your offer to loan it to me. I won't get paid until the 5th of next month, as I haven't signed my pay vouchers as yet. I want to get all my flying time in, and the vouchers must be signed by the 20th of each month. In case I decide to buy, I'll write or wire you for the money. Remember, it will be strictly as a loan. Your box of cake hasn't come yet. We'll let you know as soon as it does. Hope to hear from you again tomorrow. You've been swell about writing. Keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. As our hero, the Silver King, gets closer to a car deal, we have reached the end of Part 4 of his letters from Columbia Army Air Base in Columbia, South Carolina. And you are listening to to the Silver King's War.